Hello, everyone, and welcome to the latest edition of Collaborio Shorts. My name is Dave Hookstra, product evangelist at Collaborio, and we are here to talk about shrinkage. Uh, what is it? Why should anyone care about it? And how does it relate or not relate to a, one of our favorite Seinfeld episodes? Uh, it's it's a great to be here with you guys again today. Um, joining me is one of our kind of amazing WFM consultants, uh, Mark Beards. He's a He's been in this industry for a long time. We'll let him tell you all about it. But uh, really what we want to start out with is just get right to the point. Uh, we get asked a lot, a lot of questions uh, in our contact center journey. And one of those questions that does come up all the time is what is shrinkage? Now, a lot of you know what shrinkage is, but we don't necessarily get a chance to talk about how it relates and what are some of the gotchas and pitfalls. And that's what we're here to talk about today. So let's start with the very basics. Mark, give us a definition of shrinkage. What in your mind, what is shrinkage? Because we're going to have, we're going to find out that not everybody has the same definition of shrinkage as everybody else. So let's talk about from the start, what is shrinkage to you? Yeah. First off, Dave, I just want to thank you for having me. Uh, it's an honor to be here and represent Collaborio WFM team. I'm super excited to kind of share my opinions and my thoughts on shrinkage. So I figured let's just hit the road running and get right into it. Let's um, do it. Let's take a step back and talk about the word shrinkage. It normally means to reduce or shorten. So when you think about that from any kind of planning aspect or any kind of idea aspect, you have to think to yourself in a work workforce management perspective, what is shrinkage? So we're going to dial it back. In my mind, shrinkage is the absence or the reduction of time. So let's just say you have a group of five people. One of them happens to go and take a lunch, right? From a collaborative perspective, we call that shrinkage. That is somebody's taking away from your ability to pr be productive. Okay? So shrinkage comes in many different forms and it can be applied in many different ways when you're talking from a mathematical standpoint. So the best example is your day-to-day -day shrinkage. Uh, you have an agent who's on the phone, who's kind of going through their day-to-day -day habits and they need to have certain things. The first thing that comes to mind is their breaks and lunches. In order to be productive and have a productive day, you need to have those aspects there. So paid breaks is what we call a poor portion of your shrinkage. Uh, you then have your lunches, which is also a portion of your shrinkage. But that can go into many different facets. You can then have training, you can have meetings, you can have one-on-one uh, -on -one coaching with your leader. These are all different aspects of what we call shrinkage. Now, in the shrinkage categories, you can have two different types. You can have paid or unpaid, and both have different types or different interactions with how you're working through your system. Paid shrinkage are the ones that you kind of deal with from an organizational standpoint. You're making sure that your agents are getting their upskills, that they're getting the necessary requirements in order to be successful in their day-to-day. -day. The unpaid ones are also important because they are going to reduce your productivity, but they're maybe sometimes tracked in a different bucket. So your lunches can be unpaid. Uh, and we've now talked kind of about the day-to-day -day pieces, but there's even more to that, more shrinkage than that. Uh, let's now talk about absenteeism. So if someone were to go to a PTO or take a vacation, uh, if they were to be called in for jury duty, there's so many other things that can pull an agent offline or away for the specific day. And those are our different type of shrinkage. So in Clavio, everything that I discussed before, we like to call it efficiency. This is the agent's ability to be efficient throughout the day. 
Okay. And then for shrinkage, this is where you start your day. Are they going to be here or are they not going to be here? And then those two together create like an overall shrinkage bucket, which is saying your overall productivity. So if I were to, let's, let's bring that down into maybe one simple sentence is shrinkage is anything that takes away from an agent's ability to be productive. That is probably Fair? the best definition I've seen yet. Yep. All right. So let me ask you this. Why is it so hard for all these call centers to figure out how to define shrinkage? Where, where do we run into the problem be, from call center to call center? How come nobody really has a good idea of what their shrinkage is? So that is actually a very good question. And what I've seen in the last 25 years, that's how long I've been working in workforce, by the way, 25 years. You, you, you can subtly drop that, that as in. much as yeah, you want. Yeah. Um, <laughs> There's so many different ways to deal with shrinkage from a planning perspective. And I feel like this is the biggest point where people get lost. Should you be planning your shrinkage to what's actually happening in your organization? Should you be planning your shrinkage to what your target should be where you want to be as an organization? Or should you be doing a combination of both, right? So if a group or an organization, and I'm just going to throw out percentages here just so we can kind of work towards something. Let's just say your target shrink is 50%, okay? And you're delivering a 60%. That means that 10% of your math somewhere is being over-delivered, over-committed. And the amount of hands that go into a pot that can actually impact shrinkage is kind of your starting point. So let's break it down. You're a small organization of, let's just say, 100 people. You have your leaders who are adding or removing coaching, add or removing meetings, adding or removing time off. Then you have two or three WFM people who are doing the same thing. If those two groups aren't communicating with each other, that's when you start to have an overlap or an excess of shrinkage. There needs to be some type of governing body managing the expectations and the outputs. Okay, so in a, in a typical day, right, you could have... There's planned and unplanned shrinkage. And I think that's that's often where a lot of people get stuck, right? It's it's like, you know, when you're building your forecast in workforce management, you really need to have a good idea of what kind of shrinkage is expected because that's the cushion on top of the raw calculation that happens, correct? Correct. So that's kind of the planned shrinkage. And then there's the unplanned that kind of happens beyond that. So, uh, you know, I might need 100 hours of agents to, to meet my goals for the day. And I have 10% shrinkage planned. So that actually means I need 110 hours of, of time planned to manage to that 10%. Where I see a lot of people get stuck is the difference between planned and like historical shrinkage. So. Planned is what you have to build into your forecast, but let's talk a little bit about historical shrinkage. How, how do you help a customer understand what their historical shrinkage is? What kind of reports, what kind of information are you looking for? So what you're looking for, especially when you're talking about shrinkage, is mostly seasonality when you're talking about the historical piece. Everybody knows that agents or people want the summer off. Right. But you can't have right. everybody take the summer off or you'd have no, nobody working. Right. So when you're looking from a historical aspect, this is kind of where you need to deep dive from an organizational standpoint. When are the majority of your people taking time off? Um, what I've noticed is a lot of organizations have like a code of conduct training at the start of every year. If you can plan for that code of conduct training, even though it's not in your planned environment, you can add it there and then you can speak to these types of changes. So what you're really looking for in a shrinkage environment 
is patterns, right? And these patterns are really gonna help you in the future plan towards what you need as a requirement. So these seasonal things that happen are where you need to start planning your target shrinkages around. So when do you have the most vacation being used? When do you have the largest grouping of trainings that are being used? Uh, I was working with a group once uh, a few years ago where they were an insurance company. And this insurance company had to do 20 hours of specific training for their agents to keep their certification. And it needed to be done in a two-year process, right? If you plan for that, knowing that every agent needs to do around 0.75 an hour, 0.75 hours per month to meet this requirement, you can then scale your shrinkage around your busy times and your quieter times. And this historical information is really going to help you plan better as an organization because you know what your commitment is, and then you know where you're going to have additional time to meet those commitments. And then that is where the historical type of an, uh, a shrinkage really comes into play to understand where you can do better as an organization. So, you know, if I were to look at a list of kind of FAQ about shrinkage, I think one of the things that a lot of people would ask is, does PTO, plan time off, count as shrinkage? No matter how you say it, I'm going to say a thousand percent yes. There is no way that PTO doesn't count as shrinkage. And the reason why is if you have somebody who's there one day and not the next, it's a reduction, right? We're all in agreement there. It's a reduction. Mm -hmm. Okay. So no matter how you look at it, it's a shrinkage in your reduction in for, in uh, staffing. So from a collaborative perspective, from any workforce perspective, it is a hundred percent shrinkage. It is a reduction in staff. And I think, I think that's where a lot of people get stuck. And maybe this is a little bit of a Mythbusters kind of a discussion. A lot of people think sh shrinkage, that was tougher to say than I thought it would be. <laughs> a lot of people think that shrinkage only counts for the stuff you, can, you can't plan for. I think that's where a lot of people get stuck is they only think shrinkage is call outs, uh, early leaves, tardies, late arrivals, uh, emergency long lunches, things like that. And, and basically what you're saying is that is as far from the truth as you could possibly get. A thousand percent. The more successful you are with planning your shrinkage from an organizational standpoint, especially when it comes to seasonality, the more successful you're going to be as an organization. And I say that with absolute confidence. And the reason why is if you know that you're going to be short 50 people for the last three months out of the year, plan to have additional vacation or additional reductions. If you know that your staffing requirement is going to be extremely low at the start of the year, increase the amount of training that you need to have done, increase the amount of time off that you're allowing. Now, there's two aspects to that. There's what the organization needs. And then there's also what the people need, the agents, the frontline right? They're not always going to line up a thousand percent or a hundred percent, even, even 50% of the right. time sometimes, right? The agent's going to want one thing. The business is going to want another. The really successful companies are going to find the mix of the two. So, okay, maybe we can't get more people to take time off at this time. So when we can't get them to take time off, let's fill the rest of that time with training, right? And then when we can't get people to take time off, let's scale back our training and add more time off. And then as you're moving throughout your total bucket of shrinkage, you can then plan the individual components as higher or lower. And then that's where you start to become really successful from a planning perspective, because now you can say, hey, we know we have all this training to do. We know we have all this PTO to do. Let's find the best times to accommodate both. 
and I don't want to go back to a question you asked earlier, but the historical piece of it is really where you're going to get the bulk of that information to say, hey, look, here's where the majority of people want time off. And now here's where the majority of the people don't want time off. Use that to create your requirements. So you led perfectly into kind of what is going to be my next question is looking at shrinkage as this really big container, but each of in that container, there's lots of smaller buckets of shrinkage that need to be tracked in different ways. And again, this is where I think it gets a little bit overwhelming for a lot of contact centers. What are some of those buckets that should be looked at in a in a historical and planning shrinkage uh, type of scenario. So I'm thinking, for example, you know, you have big shrinkage here, but underneath that you have PTO, you have unplanned, you have, you know, here in the U.S. FMLA. Those different things that uh, that what are some of those buckets that you might recommend as a good starting point for maybe organizations trying to get their arms around it? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, so from my perspective, there's really the two buckets. You have your time off bucket. And then you have your within day bucket. And then within those two buckets, there's subcategories. So let's talk about the first bucket. Your first bucket is your time off bucket. Within there, there's really two important pieces to you. There's the paid time off bucket, which you can plan for because everybody has their balances. You know what it's supposed to be. And then you have what we call as like the unpaid or the unplanned time off. And these are things that you can never completely plan for. You can never be 100% prepared for. And those are going to be like your sickness buckets, right? Like if somebody calls in sick for the day, it could be one, it could be 10. There's no way as an organization to plan for that. And nobody can plan for the max, right? Because if not, you'd be paying an extra 10 head basically the entire year and nobody, no organization is going to do that. So what you start doing then at that point is you plan towards your medians and then you use your medians to help plan towards maybe where you increase or decrease on certain days. So for example, everybody knows that Fridays and Mondays are going to be your biggest days for absenteeism. Day before the weekend, day after the weekend. But what studies have shown recently is actually that Wednesdays are actually starting to become more popular. And not, don't get me wrong, they're not beating Fridays or Mondays, but Wednesdays are becoming popular because now it's a break in the week for the agent, whether it's for um, just stress relief, whatever it ends up being, they can work two days, have a day off, work two days. So that is a trend that has actually started coming up, I guess, since the pandemic, where we've kind of started to see that change, right? Mm -hmm. So from an absenteeism bucket, that's kind of what I've talked to you from those two points. Now we have your planned bucket. This is everything that you control within the day. There are certain pieces within that plan bucket that you just cannot change, right? And that's breaks and lunches. They're going to happen every day. You know about them in advance. And this is where you can allow scheduling tools or WFM tools to help you plan where those buckets are going to happen from an intraday perspective. Now, within your intraday, you also have, and sorry, when I say intraday, I mean like arrival patterns, time of day specific. For anybody who's not familiar with workforce, it's really your day-to-day -day patterns, okay? Okay. Within those, you then have kind of like an output of requirements. You're going to plan towards an efficiency or a shrinkage of anywhere from 12 to 15%, depending on how much time you need your agents to spend offline. And this is where you can get really creative within your day. So if you have a target of 15%, but you know that your busiest time is from like 12 to 5 p.m., this is where you kind of reduce the amount of time that goes into that bucket. So your breaks and lunches are going to happen within the same ranges based off of the agent schedule. But now you can plan your meetings, your coachings, your trainings, right? Uh, sometimes you have offline work for outbound. Sometimes you have offline work for like back office work. All these types of components can be managed within the requirement of the day and still deliver a successful day. 
And then the really, really good organizations are going to take a look at when they have their absenteeism, right? And then those absenteeums might have different start times throughout the day. And this is where you need to reevaluate your day based off of point A. So your point A shrinkage, which is your absenteeism, is now also having an impact on your full day abs or your full day shrinkage. And this is where you have to get creative around, do we move our coaching? Do we move our meetings? You can do break smoothing. It's normal. Uh, but the biggest ones are how you're going to add or remove training, how you're going to add or remove coaching. So let's just say you have 10 extra people off on a Monday, a Wednesday or a Friday, like the days that we pointed out. So maybe you target less training and less coaching on those days because you know you're going to have, on average, a little bit higher absenteeism. So this helps you really plan towards those buckets of times and overall your target time as a total. And I would imagine a hugely critical component of proper shrinkage management is reporting and your planned shrinkage versus your actual. And I think, again, I keep saying this, but this is where a lot of people get really stuck. I've been asked many, many, many times in my career to like, how does it, how does your WFM report shrinkage? And I'm like, well, the answer to that question is different for every single person I've ever talked to, because what we define as shrinkage might not be what you define and so on and so forth. How important is it to kind of understand and look at that historical calculation of planned versus actual? So uh, great question. Uh, I'm going to actually speak to Collaborio specific for this one, because Collaborio okay. has the ability to speak to shrinkage in two very distinct ways. And they're two different ways that can help you be super successful. So we have a report called Data Explorer, and this really allows you to create your own iteration of how you want to be able to see your shrinkage, right? And that comparison can be done in two very, very important ways. You have your planned shrinkage. This is the shrinkage that you're going to put on your schedules, and we call it activities. This is where you put your time in your meetings, in your breaks, in your lunches, and you can physically see your schedule time for those activities. When you take that and you divide it by your time for the day, you get iteration one of your shrinkage. This is your planned schedule time shrinkage. But what Collaborio also has, and this is a little bit different than what I've seen at different organizations, but it's super successful at Collaborio, we also have a time and state. Right. And our time in states allows us to create a completely different kind of mapping when it comes to shrinkage. So some organizations will increase or decrease their schedule time to make it so that it's as accurate as possible. But what you can also do is you can actually track your time in state from an agent perspective and then tie those time in states right back to your activity. So you can say, hey, look, I had planned for 30 minutes. The agent only took 27 or they took 33. And this is where you can actually go to that next level. So you create two different reports, one from a scheduling perspective, which says, here's your total schedule time. And then your time and state report is almost like your actuals at this point of here's what I planned for versus here, here's what we actually delivered, right? And it allows you to have two extremely different viewpoints of what happened throughout the day, what we planned for, and then what actually happened. And then you can get into like what actually happened in building shrinkage, out of building shrinkage, right? And this is why I've had the discussion with so many people, like, should a meeting during the day count as shrinkage? And, yeah, you know, it, it should, but most people look at shrinkage as the answer to unplanned, right? And this is where... This is why this was worthy of an entire podcast is because the nuance and the gray area in shrinkage, um, what we want to try and do is clear a lot of this up. And it's not as gray as you think it is, as long as you're defining your buckets and as long as you're, you're tracking and reporting to what needs to happen. I mean, the ultimate goal, 
no matter what we do, regardless of words we use or phrases or anything, the ultimate goal is, is making sure we get appropriately staffed. Right. And if you don't, if you don't understand your shrinkage, you don't understand how many people you need to have at a specific time. And if you don't know that you're not going to be appropriately staffed. So what I think I'd like to, I'd like to akin this to is it's kind of like forecasting. It's the amount of time you put into it usually means that that's the amount of return you're going to get. And if you just kind of are just throwing a number out there, you're probably seeing some goofiness. But if you're actively reporting, tracking, and really understanding, and even to the point where you might be looking at your shrinkage by interval of day, as opposed to just one number for every day, or even let's please at least understand your shrinkage by day of week. Let's can we, we can think we can agree on that, <laughs> but that's, that's the really fun part. All right. So this has been super enlightening and so much good stuff so i always like to give everybody uh, give our guests the last word like if there was a piece of advice or something you'd want to say to people about like making sure that shrinkage is an important part of their day what would you say got it so my biggest piece that i'm going to say takeaway is the better you plan for shrinkage the better you're going to work as an organization because you're going to know your plan and your outcome succinct and perfect all right thank you mark it was great to have you here um when we do these episodes always love the information that we can provide and um keep an eye out for more if you uh, have a suggestion for an episode of calabrio shorts let us know marketing at calabrio.com we'll 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 take it and we'll run with it we always love to hear what do you want to know out there so um mark thank you so much for joining us really appreciate the time thank you for having me Absolutely. And for everybody else out there, thanks for giving us some of your time during the day. My name's Dave, Mark, our guest here. We really appreciate it. We'll see you on the next episode of Collaborator Shorts. Thanks, everybody. Bye.